Mool ladles and jelly spoons. Welcome to it. Truth, love, and peace. I think this is episode 23. At least that's what I put on the uh, the Facebook Live thing. And uh, we're here with Tony Ray Thompson. Thank you for joining us. What's up? How are you doing, man? Welcome. Good to see you again. Welcome. Good to see you again. I'm trying to find your thing on here. It's coming. Hang it's on. coming up. All right. Uh, so there's little, uh, the Facebook Live. And there's the YouTube recording. So they should both be up and running. And while we are here in the US, yeah, it is. Awesome. Oh, it should be coming up in just a second. See if I can find it. And while that's coming up, you just got back from somewhere near Nashville. Yeah. yeah. Not Nashville proper, you said. No, no. I spent some. I spent a few hours there, grabbed some lunch, uh, and uh, I walked down Broadway as you do whenever you get to Nashville. <laughs> you gotta do the whole Broadway experience, no matter how many times you've been there. But no, I was staying in. I was staying at a. Uh, a friend of ours house just south side of Nashville in Nolensville. So in the uh, studio studio I was uh, in Sunset Boulevard Studios was in Brentwood, Brentwood, Tennessee, which is about I mean both of them compare they're about roughly about 15-20 minutes outside of Nashville. So it's about same distance Franklin, you know. Okay. And uh, it was really great. Steve Dady was the engineer that we use and phenomenal, phenomenal. He's done a lot of work with guys like uh, Steve Curtis Chapman, Keith Thurman, a big name he's worked with and uh, He's a phenomenal engineer, phenomenal guy, great person, and the musicians that we had on the album were just all just A-list players. So I'm sure. And it, it came out really great. We're really excited about it. So that's awesome. What's the name of it? Uh, the album. We're still trying to. We're still up in the air about it. We, we recorded three full band songs, and I got to go back. I got to go into a studio down here next week and record two acoustic songs. It's going to be a five-song EP. Nice. And then. Um, well, we're thinking that the title track is going to be either Take It Slow or uh, Numbers. Numbers. So, uh, and we well, there's one that we really wanted it to be, but uh, which was It Ain't Over Yet, which is the one that pretty much was a staple that got, it's the one I played for them that really made them want to invest in it. Mm -hmm. But after they heard Numbers and Take It Slow, they said, we really think you should go in a different direction. And we were, well, we got a little bit of time, uh, we got a couple of weeks before, because we got a, uh, a vocalist who's going to come down. She's actually coming down to play a few shows with me this week. Uh, Miss Melanie Marini, phenomenal songwriter, great vocalist. Awesome. And uh, she's going to come down this week and um, play some shows with me later in the week. And uh, she sent me a, uh, a track of her singing some background vocals over it. And mm -hmm. uh, it sounded awesome, so we're going to try and get her together with Steve and see if she can lay him down. And then as soon as that gets done, and as soon as I get these acoustic songs done, off to the mixing it goes. And we're shooting for uh, first, second March, so an early spring release is what we're shooting for. So. Nice. Awesome. And we're, we're excited about it. We really are. So. That sounds very cool, man. Very, very cool. So it's going to be a busy, busy year for you. Are you lining up tour dates and everything? Uh, not yet. We're just, we're waiting on the, uh, we're waiting to see what happens with it, uh, what the response is and everything. And we're working with someone up there in Nashville. Um, can't say who it is right now, but we're working with a, uh, a lady who's an artist, developer, staff manager, and slash promoter marketer she's jack of all trades and uh, hopefully through her we can get some dates lined up with some festivals and stuff like that just to kick the ball running but right now it's just it's one of those things that just uh, of course i want the cd release or album release to be here somewhere mm -hmm. at a local bar mm -hmm. and then from there we're just gonna see what happens so and Very I think cool. we talked about this earlier before we started. I was like, "Do you ever have one of those moments when it's just, you know, something happens and it hasn't really hit you that it's starting to hit me it's right now?" So my manager on the way back on the, on the drive down, she asked me, "She said, like, are you okay? You don't like it? You like it?" And I was listening to it. I bugged her. I bugged her so bad. I played it for like four hours straight on the way back. I was like, 
so you like it? You sure you like it? She's like, yeah, it's awesome. But it, she's and she said, you don't seem really excited. I said, it just hasn't hit me yet. And then I woke up this morning. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> I got a, I got an album. I'm like, I recorded. I'm in the studio. So now it's it's a really for a guy like me who's been my entire life has been about music and writing my stuff and wanting someone to take notice and be able to do my own stuff and for it to be happening now at this period of my life when. Uh, I'm really getting a lot of support from a lot of people as far as fans go. And not just fans that are just, you know, oh, we, you're an awesome person, but they're just fans who have been around for a long time who have shown me a lot of support right now. It's, it's awesome for me right now. So That's great, man. I'm excited. Yeah, speaking of support, Jonathan Pouzon, I saw the comment come up. He said, you're beautiful. So you're beautiful, Tony. Oh, oh well, here we go. Here's, let me, let me take a look. There we go. There it is. I found it. So, uh. Okay. Come on, you're a professional now, Tony. Yes. Let's, let's get that together. No. But uh, no, it's uh, it's fun. We're looking forward to it. Kim, my manager, uh, just just uh, signed on, is watching too. So, hello, Kim. Thank you for everything you do. So. But uh, well, yeah. tell everybody how to find your uh, how to find your music. Uh, my music right now is uh, um, we have the uh, we can't release the um the rough mixes yet mm -hmm. for copyright mm -hmm. reasons and everything but right. uh, I've got videos of my originals on my YouTube uh, Tony Ray Thompson mm -hmm. YouTube slash Tony Ray Thompson uh, you can find it on my music profile which would be YouTube or Facebook slash Tony Ray Thompson and um, I got a Reverb Nation page Reverb Nation slash Tony Ray Thompson just and uh, got an Instagram and everything like that but as far as uh, dates and everything the videos and everything like that goes you can that's basically where you want to go if mm -hmm. you just look me up on Facebook all my accounts are linked to that so and Kim is phenomenal about I can't I can't stress enough you know Kim she was formerly with Whitecaps mm -hmm. and I can't stress enough how much Kim has done more for me in one month than I've done for myself in five years oh, wow that's which, great which is either saying a lot about her or very little about <laughs> me so but no she's a she's a very awesome person she's very dedicated and she's uh, she's perfect for what I need right now and she's exactly what I need and uh, she's doing an amazing job and I couldn't be more thrilled or happy to work with her. Sounds great. Yeah. So, but yeah, the, uh, we're shooting for an early spring release, first, second week in March, mm -hmm. and then whatever happens after that, it's up to the universe, you know? So, well, up to the universe and, and what you decide you want to do with it. Yeah, sure. absolutely. So, but I feel like I, uh, So that's what you've got going on music-wise. Yeah. What else is going on in your world? I mean, I ran into you at a comedy show of all places. Yeah, yeah. Here at, uh, at the back porch. Yeah, that was it was awesome too because I uh, was hanging out with a couple friends of mine at the time, and uh, well, they're still we're still friends and uh, we're still uh, hanging out and seeing each other. But uh, we were just um, a couple friends that came to a show. I think it was like see that Wednesday night. Me and uh, Buddy were playing a show. It was either me and Kevin Swanson or me and Bruce Smelly were playing a show up in the main room. And uh, ooh, they came out, they hung out, had a great time. And then uh, they called me and said, hey, we're actually going to go out on Friday. And uh, we're going to go have some drinks, hang out downtown. And we want to go to a comedy show downtown. <laughs> and I knew that for some odd reason it didn't register me because I knew you were doing, you were, you, mm -hmm. were, you were down here just about every other week or every week. And I was like, 
It just didn't hit me until I walked in the door and I saw the kilt. I said, no way. And I got the biggest. I was like, I needed this. Like the people I was with, they said, are you okay? I said, no, that's, that's, a, good, that's, a, that's a good brother of mine. Man. I said, I, I haven't seen that guy in a minute. So Yeah, I was shocked yeah. to see you, man. It was and it great. was cool because, I mean, lately, I mean, you know this as, as a musician, um, but and you were involved very heavily with it mm-hmm. for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but... As a musician, this time of year is kind of like the downtime, down season, when mm-hmm. you, you try and make ends meet and everything like that. But luckily for me, I'm very, very blessed and very lucky to say that I've been keeping very busy. Mm-hmm. And uh, every every chance I can just to relax or go out, because I don't go out that much. When I go out, I mean, when, I, when I'm out on a stage or I'm out writing or something like that, I'd rather relax and stay at home, spend time with my dog, you know? And this particular night, I was like, you know, I want to go out, have a few drinks, have a good time, hang out with some friends. and. Just that just happened to be one of those nights that I just enjoyed hanging out, and luckily, I mean, like I said, I'm very blessed to say that. I mean, right now I don't get many of those nights because I'm committed to work and I'm doing so well right now, which is really good, and I'm very blessed for that. But uh, yeah, I mean, just I'm just staying busy doing writing, doing the whole working on uh, album covers, working on T-shirts. So I got to get you a T-shirt. Yeah, I gotta please. Get you a t-shirt, yes, please. And, uh, uh, but yeah, just mostly right now, everything's just ever since um, uh, I started, I took it back because uh, I was primarily a guitar player, you know, this for a long time for a lot of local acts. Mm-hmm. And I took a step back and said, you know what? I said, I'm ready to start focusing on my my music and my career and where I want myself to be, where I envision myself being. So when I took a step back and then I approached it from a different standpoint, everything just, just every, a lot of doors started opening up and it's good. It's good. I'm, having, I'm having a blast with it. So, but as far as life goes, I'm loving life right now. Yeah, I am. I'm enjoying every bit of it. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of work, but if you love something, you got to put in the time and care to mm-hmm. to tender it and let it grow. So, but I'm I'm doing good. So everything's good. going awesome. What about you? What about me? Yeah. What about oh, you? Is, is this episode about me now? No, it's not about you. No, I was just like, <laughs> trying to be friendly. Man, I am uh, am doing a lot of. As much stand-up comedy as I can. Saw um, that. There's usually three, four open mics a week in the area, or three, four shows a week. And uh, the back porch, which is where we're at now, yeah. uh, the Days in downtown Pensacola, um, the back porch comedy crew is freaking awesome. Uh, these guys have been building a scene for, for about five years now. Yeah. And so when who I was, decided I was going to come do it, there they were. Who was the guy that left? It was like his final show that night. J.J. Uh, Curry. J.J. Curry. Like me and all. Yeah. We got, there were three of us who were sitting there. He had his role, man. He was yeah. good. He was good. So He's, he, yeah. uh, we, I interviewed J.J. the week before he left. Yeah. And his the stuff that he's got on YouTube is hilarious. Yeah. And the night you guys were here, he didn't even do his killer closing. Really? Like he's he was, got this he was, one. He was bit. killing it too, yeah. Oh man, and he he's so tore it up. Yeah. He's yeah, JJ Curry, uh Jaquarius. Yeah. I always fuck it up, but I had to try because yeah. it'll make him laugh yeah. when he hears it. <laughs> so I'm a huge fan of comedy and I'm a huge fan of uh um, I just I love anyone who has the balls to get on stage. Mm-hmm. 
and do what they love. I mean, because a lot of people don't realize it takes a lot of balls to get up on stage. And once you get past the idea, once you get past the idea of like, oh my God, I'm going to mess up. Once you're going to fuck it, it's yeah. just, I'm just going to do what I love. Then uh, I have mad respect for anyone who does that, whether you're a dancer or a singer, comedian, even an artist or a performer or something like that. And he had me rolling that night. I was sitting, I was looking over and I was, I'd been drinking, <laughs> but I was sitting there like, this guy's hilarious. Like, yeah. I was sitting alone. But uh, no, he's he was awesome. And, and I'm definitely going to be coming back uh, sometime soon. When is the uh, what night series again? Friday nights. Friday nights. Is yeah. Always the showcase, yeah. uh, the Backport showcase. This weekend, there's I can't remember her name, uh, yeah. but if you go to Backport's Comedy on Facebook or uh, or at Backport's Comedy on Twitter, I can't remember the young lady's name. But at nine o'clock, the show will start about nine thirty. Um, we have an out of town comedian that's going to be here, and she is from from the from what I've heard, the people that have seen her before really enjoyed her. And awesome. I know uh, the guys and girls at Back Porch Comedy mm-hmm. that handle the booking, yeah. and they don't they don't bring in people that, that don't crush. Yeah, awesome. You know, because cool. they're great comics yeah. themselves. Yeah, so they they've got good taste. Yeah, awesome. And so it, it works out really well. So Friday nights there's always a showcase, and then after that there's uh, local comedians uh, hosted by Ryan Pfeiffer doing the Rated R comedy show. Yeah. So it's comedy yeah. all night yeah. long, and it's hilarious. Yeah, because. Uh, I mean, Ryan will sometimes get his, his brother Jason to come in, and they'll do different themes. Um, sometimes we'll have drummers. Uh, Jason's a drummer, so he'll he'll bring in his brother and do Rimshot Night and uh, a couple <laughs> a couple other. I can't remember any of the other themes yeah. at the moment, but um, I do know there's a, a gerbil on one of the, the Facebook posters. If that gives you any, yeah, yeah, a little, yeah, yeah. Okay. It gets entertaining. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so the back porch, and then if anybody's interested in the rest of the comedy scene, over in Mobile, the attic at the Blind yeah. Mule mm-hmm. has a great open mic, and uh, the listening room in Mobile does some stand-up comedy from time to time. Whatever comedy in Mobile is a good one to follow on Facebook, mm-hmm. and um, I'm sure I'm leaving some people out, but uh, if if you look me up on Facebook, you know, uh, or back porch comedy. I post most of their stuff, so if you're interested, there are plenty of ways to catch up. Tuesday awesome. is the other fun night. Uh, Tuesday open mic here at the back porch is when we all try out new stuff. Yeah. And so it can get very awkward. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sometimes bet. it's just us making jokes about us I'm not making, making jokes. jokes well. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's cool. Well, it's a it's a really good time, but it is awesome, and it's yeah. uh, it's something that Phobes brought up yesterday. Or a couple days ago. I saw we he was on your last one, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now that I've started writing jokes. Yeah, he's awesome. Indeed. He's an amazing musician. Yeah. And now that I've started writing jokes, I've gotten into the realm of, uh, of, of property, um, you know, intellectual property. Yeah, and yeah. Getting, being recorded and, yeah. and recording stuff. And, uh, and it's fascinating to me how even my opinion changed from switching sides on on the microphone, mm-hmm. I've had pretty much the same opinion, but I look at it from a whole another standpoint now. Yeah, you know, and uh, and things going out unpolished and yeah. unrefined. Yeah. I don't have, but I don't have to worry about copyright laws the no. way that you guys do, and like uh, and plays. Justin was talking about somebody recording him playing a cover yeah. and him being held accountable for it. Comedians don't have to worry about that because if you cover somebody else's jokes, your career's kind of over. Yeah, yeah. that's, <laughs> that's it, not yeah. a thing. Yeah. You don't want to walk in there talking about something. Yeah, you don't want to do that. No. Don't want to do so. that. But, but playing original music, you don't want to. Um, for me, 
I haven't posted any of my stuff that I've recorded because it's it it doesn't feel finished. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> when is it ever done? It's, it's, it's never done. <laughs> ever. It's never done. Uh, no. Well, for me as a songwriter, um, uh, the finished product is it's evidently a finished product is when it's on the album. And, even and you're not up, allowed to even, touch it anymore. Yeah, yeah. That's well, it's done. You can't do anything with it. So, but even up to that to that standpoint, it was just like me. I was in the studio. Uh, I was in the studio this past weekend. We were sitting there. And I was doing vocals, and I'm sitting there with a pen, like just editing stuff and everything. Well, I, I'm just going to take this part out. We're just going to take. What's going to go with this, that, and the other? Mm-hmm. And for me, a songwriting, it's not a process where. And there's some amazing songwriters: uh, Davis Nix, Kyle Wilson, uh, Brent Loper. Um, Justin Fogues, Ron Hart, all that you know, all them, and there's some great songwriters that are out there. They can just sit down and spit out songs like that. Me, my way of writing a song is me writing 57 snippets of different songs and then throwing them all together. <laughs> and there's some times where I'll sit there and just by happen chance, I'll sit there in the middle of the night and a song will come out and it'll just be that's it. Don't just leave it don't touch it don't think about it don't overthink about it if you overthink about it you're gonna me- you're gonna mess it up oh yeah so and no but for me just i don't think anything is ever really finished until you put that stamp on it you know mm-hmm. and even when you put the stamp on it you can have the stamp there you just duh. like you just and you go back and you edit something out but i mean original music it's it's of course you want it to be the very best it is because it's your representation of yourself or well or that it could be either that or there's some songwriters out there uh who make a very good living writing for other people and there's nothing wrong with that um but for me i've never been i've never been defined myself as someone who's a songwriter for another person i've every song that i write uh and all these songs on this album that's coming out uh they're all songs about my life uh, there, there, there's a one song in there that people are just like, you really should pull some of that. I'm like, no, no, you should, you really shouldn't tell people. That. I'm like, I'm like, no. There's, there's a, there's a line in one of the songs that says, uh, uh, the hell I raised when I got that my first DUI when I turned twenty on my twenty first birthday. Yeah. And people are just like, yeah. Well, no, I'm, I told him said, I'm open. I'm an open book. I said, yeah. I don't care. So, and this, my, my songs are about my life. They're about my experiences. Mm-hmm. And every single, I mean, and granted, there are some lines you add that are just, you know, not. They just make it sound good, or they reflect really well in the songs. But as for me, as a songwriter, majority, if not all, of my songs are about my life, and they're about my experiences and everything. And I'm never gonna lie in any of my songs. That's just, that's just when I'm when I'm my personal life and my my business life are two completely different mm-hmm. things. When I'm on stage, I'm one guy. When I'm off stage with whoever I'm with at home or hanging out with friends, I'm someone completely different. And that's not that I'm saying that I'm putting a front on. That's just saying when I'm hanging out with my friends, it's my time. That's me. Right. But when it comes to music and me recording my music and writing my music and stuff like that, I don't think it's ever really finished because you never know what's going to happen. You know? Um, there was a song that took me, one of the songs on this album, It Ain't Over Yet, took me three years to write. Because um, I grew up, uh, me and my family there was uh my, my parents grew up fighting we grew up in a loving household they took they, they wanted the best for us and they they made sure that we never went without and we never did go without we had everything that we needed uh but um there was a really a really heated argument that happened with my parents when i was 17 years old week before my 18th birthday and it, it that that was really a big turning point in my life it was a shift took place in my family 
And three years later, I when I started focusing on writing a little bit, right when right when I got in the music scene, I was about 21, 22, I uh, wanted to do a little writing and I started writing this song and I didn't finish it for three or four years later because it took me that while. Because when you're in your 20s and you're young 20s, you're foolish, you're still adolescent in intellectual thoughts and stuff like that. So I couldn't really grasp the idea. I understood why everything was happening, but I couldn't grasp the idea, I mean, of life yet. So I hadn't, hadn't lived. Mm-hmm. So after I had lived and everything and I had been through the experiences, and once you reach that point, you're like, God, Dad was right, or mm-hmm. Mom is right, or something like that. That's when I really started reevaluating the song. And that it, it comes back around to saying it's, not, it's never going to be finished until you put that stamp on it. And sometimes some song might take three hours, some song might take three years, mm-hmm. some song might take three decades to write, you know, because of all the experiences you have. Mm-hmm. But it's just one of those, for me, I mean, uh, intellectual copyright is one thing, and intellectual copyright and original, like your music copyright, they can go hand in hand because you want it to be, you know, everything that's, it's your thoughts and everything like that. And it's, but uh, as a songwriter, uh, if you're staying true to who you are, I believe that it's more of your heart than your thought. So it's just about, it's it's never finished. It's never finished unless you put that stamp on it, unless you record it and you walk away. When you walk away from an album or walk away from a session, be like, you feel like you didn't hold anything back, mm-hmm. then that's when I think it's finished. Now when you say so, session, do you mean a recording session or a writing A recording session? session or a writing session or something like that because... Do you do more writing as open sessions with other people, or do you do more I've writing some, on your own? Uh, majority of my writing, because I have four, around 30, 40 original songs that I've written. And um, there's, but as far as, and that I've written personally, and I've done a few, a couple co-writes with some friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, you remember, Rody? Yeah. You remember Rody? Uh, me and Russell, and we had me and him wrote a, a, a really out there song we were out there we were at a karaoke one night and we went back to the house and we were cooking steaks on the grill at two o'clock in the morning and we were drinking and smoking and we were sitting there and we we're just like i started fumbling around on the guitar part and he i just started mumbling out lyrics and he started throwing out lyrics and it's just and that was like one of this was a couple years ago and that was one of my first experiences as far as co-writing with and he's not a musician <laughs> so uh but then i've uh i've set up co-writes with some other people and for me uh Co-writing with someone, it's it's more about having to feel, before I co-write with someone, I like to hang out with them and get mm-hmm. a feel for them as a person. And that's what I did uh, the first time I went to Nashville a month ago. I went to uh, Melanie, Marini, that girl is going to be coming yeah. down. She's going to be doing some uh, shows with me this week. She, uh, We met the first time last month when I was up there beginning of the month. And uh, we they wanted us to get together and do some writing. But uh, what wound up happening is we just wound up meeting at... Uh, uh, a relative's house of the lady I was staying with and we had we ate we hung out I played some of my songs there for them then we went back to the house we were staying at and we were all sitting there and, and there was no guitar there was no pen like halfway through it I got a song idea and I had to burn it out on a piece of paper real quick but um we were just sitting there we made a few drinks we were just sitting there talking everyone was talking and hanging out so, and before I work with someone on that level I like to get an idea of who they are as a person and whether or not I vibe with them or mm-hmm. whether or not there's going to be a connection there and she's an awesome person and she came to the studio the first night I was there last Thursday and she was sitting there listening and everything and then when I called her when I finished the song I was like you know what I really heard her voice on this song so I and I'm very happy to say that she's going to be laying the vocals down uh, sometime soon but with her 
we're me and her are going to be doing some co-writing sometime in the future, maybe when she comes down here. But as far as me co-writing with someone, it has a lot to do with whether or not we connect, we vibe, I mean, we hang out. And it's just the same way as I am with guys in a band. I don't want to be in a band with a bunch of guys that I can't get off stage and have a beer or a shot with and just hang out with. So, But, I mean, as far as writing uh, uh, by myself, majority of my stuff I do on my own. Mm-hmm. And there's a fraction of it I do with other co-writers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, for right now, everything everything that's on this album, I did all myself. So That's awesome. Yeah. So. That's awesome. That uh, that's a, a lot of writing. Like oh. I said, I, I'm kind of understanding what what goes into to good writing, and I'm real good at overwriting stuff. Yeah. And so getting things refined. Yeah, and there's there's been times where I mean I'm the most self demeaning person in the world. You can ask my manager. I'm the most. It can come out sounding beautiful, and I'm like I hate it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Just it's terrible. And she when she takes pictures of me, she's like, "This is such a great picture." I'm like, "Don't post that. That's just, don't do that." So, and but with me, like, uh, and I think everyone has that side of them where our own worst enemies. You know? Yeah, hypercritical. It can yeah. be good. Yeah, it can be good. But at the same same times, it could be bad. But for me, uh, uh, I'm finding myself comparing myself, and I try not to do it because I understand there's always going to be someone better than me out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I. Um, I'm a guitar player by nature, mm-hmm. and there's this kid that's in my band, uh, Palmetto Drive. He's uh, uh, his name's Caleb Adam Murph. I was about to. I didn't want to guess. Yes. But yeah, Caleb's fucking Caleb's awesome. And, uh, Caleb, Caleb. <laughs> yes, Caleb Adam Murph. You phenom. Uh, he's 19 years old, and this kid's, kid's got hands better than I ever had. I and mean, he's all up and down the neck, and he's yeah, and he's, he's a wizard. Yeah, and he's he's a wizard. He's a magician. <laughs> so, but I mean, he's still got a lot to learn, as in we all do and everything like that there's I mean he's he's young and he's fast and when he's and he's an amazing guitar player but he still has a lot to learn I still have a lot to learn uh, I think everyone else still has a lot to learn as far as playing guitars and everything like that Larry Hadley pedal steel player for Jason Justice yeah man he's he's he recently started taking lessons for pedal steel <laughs> I'm like there are a couple of guys that are doing that. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, Swanson was taking. Swanson, yeah, Swanson was taking. I think Larry was giving Swanson lessons. Yeah, I think so. But it, it really instilled the fact in me, just like, and I know you can. They say you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but Larry Hadley is like as good as they come. He's he's a he's a he's awesome. He's a legend, and he, the fact that he at his age, being as seasoned as he is, deciding that he wants to go back and take lessons is amazing. So. That's what this just reiterates the fact that um, no one's gonna, uh, you're never gonna stop learning. But as far as going back to the original question, um, like overwriting or something like that, I compare, I don't like doing that. I don't like comparing myself to other writers or anything. And there are songs by other writers. Some of my, majority of my favorite songs are by guys that aren't on the radio. Yeah. Kyle Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a song called The Coast Is Clear. My favorite song of all time right now. I love mm-hmm. it. I'm in love with that song. And uh, Mark Sherrill has a song called, um, uh, I got a strong weakness for you, yeah, and I love it. And the <laughs> song, yeah, and it's great. I love that song. And there's and, but for me, my songs that I sing, they're they're for me. So mm-hmm. I don't have to compare myself. And and I mean, there are guys out there that I joke around saying they throw away better lines that I can write. Yeah. But when you say that, it makes it's kind of degrades you to a point. And I'm I'm kind of guy that I'm. Like, I realize that there's going to be better players out there. There's going to be better writers out there. There's going to be guys who are 
better at what they do, but there's no one who's going to be better at being me mm -hmm. than, than me. Mm -hmm. So my writing and my skill set and my playing and my singing is is my forte. Right. So, but as far as overriding and stuff like that, there are times where I'll sit there and I'll be like, hey, this will sound good. This will rhyme with that. Like, no, you're just, you're not writing. You're just, you're writing. Yeah. <laughs> so tossing out words. You're tossing out words. <laughs> Thanks, Hamlet. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So. No, but as far as overriding and stuff like that, I mean, I've been, I've had a tendency to do that, but those songs at the end of the day wind up sitting on the back burner for five years or three years, and then you yeah. wind up going back and be like breaking it down and simple, keep it, keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. yeah well, so. I learned, you know, if I get up on a microphone and am trying to to work through a new bit or yeah. work through a new part of a new story or mm -hmm. get a piece of an idea out. It is so much more obvious when you're standing in front of people which words you don't need. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Word by word, you're like, what a waste. Yeah. What a waste. Yeah. What am I ever going to get there? Just, like, I'm three words away and it's going to be next week. Yes. I, there's been times where I've been playing a song where I've been, uh, I'll send my song. Every time I write a song now, I send it to my manager. I send it to Kim. Mm -hmm. I'm like, hey, what do you think of this? And, uh, she was like, I love it. And I think she's just saying that just to keep me, <laughs> just to keep me built up. Yeah. But there, and then there are times where I'll sit there and uh, I'll go play the song for the first time live. I'm like, hey, I said, y'all wanna hear a new song? Yeah. And this will be right after I play a song that's really good. Like I'll play yeah. Numbers mm -hmm. or I'll play Ain't Over Yet. Right, right. And those songs already have a following. These are, we've got people, which is awesome that people request those songs. Gotta hook them. You gotta hook them. I said, y'all, you'll like this song. Well, here's a new song. I'm like, okay, and I'll play it. They'll be like, yeah, that was, that was okay. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And then and it's, you can't, I get past the point, like, I, I used to be one of those guys that every time I did that, I'd be like, oh, well, so, well, there goes my esteem right there. But no, like, uh, I, I know, I realize now that that's gonna happen. I mean, yeah. you're, you're gonna have, you're gonna have home runs, you're gonna have mm -hmm. ground doubles, you're gonna have balls, fouls, yeah. you're gonna have pop flies if you get caught. I mean, it's just, it's about, it's just about not, for me, it's about not even, I don't care anymore. I mean, I care, and I, but I have, you can ask my, uh, uh, you can ask him, uh, she, uh, and she'll laugh. There was, uh, last week there was an incident at a show, um, we were playing, uh, I was playing a full band show at the sports bar, and, uh. I locked my keys in my truck, <laughs> and my stuff is my my microphone stand was in there, and I was freaking out this down the other, and finally I was just like, fuck it. <laughs> I was just I'm like, that's it. Like, so now every time something happens, that that's just my first thing that comes out. Like, that one, I don't care. I don't care, dude. So just let it go. Let it happen. So, but uh, yeah. I mean, I don't. I, I try not to dwell on stuff like that as as far as uh. But yeah, that is a uh, that is a really awkward feeling when you're standing in front of a live audience and you throw something out there for the first time or you try something out there and you're just like, Ugh. yeah, no, no, oh, yeah. Not. go back to numbers, go back to the other one, yeah, <laughs> go back to playing covers. <laughs> so, but uh, it's which is which is a mad respect I have for comedians because once you, if you bomb a line. There's no, there's no, there's no, there's nothing. Yeah, there's no. You can't play a ripping solo to finish yeah. that out. You have to, you gotta get them with the next one. Or... That's what uh, Ed Anderson was saying. He said, uh, "I can't imagine being on stage without a prop." You know, yeah. He, even during our interview, he had his guitar yeah. with him the whole time. That was that was me. And luckily, I've gotten comfortable enough with the idea of, you know, 
when I was in the studio, this video that uh, Kim shot when I was in the studio, I'm sitting there just mm-hmm. playing it because you can't have a guitar in the vocal booth. <laughs> so yeah. I'm sitting there playing the air guitar. I'm sitting there drumming. Or I'm sitting there playing the solo <laughs> like that. And she's looking. She's cracking up the whole time. She's watching it from the other end of the glass, and I can hear her laughing. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, you don't understand how awkward. My guitar is my yeah. my, my suit of armor. <laughs> I put my guitar on. I'm Superman. Okay, I take that off. I'm Clark Clint. Okay, yeah. I you can. Punch me all you want, but when I have that guitar on, when I'm behind the mic or behind the guitar, I'm witty. I'm, 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 I'm me. You know, you can't touch me. You can't touch me. Some dude can walk in 6'5", 245 pounds stacked, and I will still go at you when I have the guitar on. But if I get off stage, I'm like, hey, dude, I'm sorry. Please don't, please don't take offense to that. So, but no, I mean, it's the same way. Yeah, but this is why I have the utmost respect for comedians because God knows I wouldn't be able to do it because if I tell a joke on stage and it doesn't take i'm like all right all right sweet home alabama let's go so, <laughs> back so, but, oh, that's just that's it's crazy how that happens sometimes so i'm guessing i have the respect for guys singers who can get up there and just take the guitar off and grab the mic and kill it yeah so that's Jimbo not, henson yes God. i can't i can't do that i can't yeah. i'm not well maybe one day i can but right now if that guitar is not on me that there's nothing coming out of here <laughs> nothing coming out so if it comes out it's terrible so it's like uh it's like like Rhonda. I saw Rhonda and, and Justin the other day, but Rhonda will get on stage and, and sing songs with people, which without an instrument is really hard to do because there's always that part where you end up standing around. Just and, and Rhonda doesn't do that. No, she's good at looking busy. <laughs> yeah. Me, if I I'm just like I have no idea. What should I do with my hands? Yeah, <laughs> there, are, there, are t- yeah. there are times where I'll get up and uh, maybe sing a song with a band or something like that, or if I'm I'm off night, or if I just finish a show and I'm hanging out and singing. There's a band playing or something like that, and I said, get up here and do get get up here and sing. I'm sitting there, I'm like. Uh, so I grab a drink. I grab like two drinks. <laughs> I was like, "Give me this. Give me this pen. Give me this drink." And I'm just walking up there and clicking the <laughs> or something like that. Cause I'm like, "Rip." I'm like, "Yeah, we get done. It was a killer vocal part, and then four minute guitar solo." I'm like, "Dipping out." <laughs> I'm gonna take three shots and I'll be right back. So dipping out. Yeah. So it's just one of those scenarios that I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I thank God my dad put a guitar in my hands when I was seven years old because I wouldn't know what to do. There would be none of this right now. So. <laughs> So I wouldn't have a chance in hell, but no, uh, it's a lot of it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it has to do with. I have, like I said, I can't say this enough. People who can get up there just stone cold with a microphone. Michael Bublé, you know, guys like that who can get up there just nothing, yeah. just. Yes. I have a special angst. Flying eye. I'm like, how can oh, you do man. no, no? So yeah, just I can't. I can't. That dude do that. took my gig. <laughs> right before Michael, Michael Bublé hit it real big yeah. I uh, I was working at a casino and I was always such a huge fan of the Rat Pack and mm-hmm. Dean and all those guys and so when I started working in a casino it got even worse because I was working in a casino yeah. drinking scotch yeah, listening, listening to, to Frank Sinatra like <laughs> so Michael Bublé hit it big and I was like son of a bitch you mean I could have done this and gotten paid yeah. <laughs> like what wow. in the world no, I mean, missed it yeah but yeah, that dude's that dude's awesome. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah, he's one of my favorite artists. So, which throws a lot of people off because people hear the songs that I play. So, no, I'm all over the place. So, as far but as I can't imagine. Uh, I can't imagine having to do multiple things at one time. Like it's hard enough for me to keep track of. Uh, and I'm, uh, you can't even really call me a stand-up comic. I've been doing this for six months. Yeah, I'm learning. But 
just the thought of keeping things in order mm-hmm. versus having to keep things in order on simultaneously like, vocals and a guitar simultaneously. Yeah, I couldn't do it. It's like the reason I couldn't play drums. Yeah, I can't do that. And many that's a lot at of people once. ask me because I was uh, I marched uh, drumline and uh, indoor percussion for a long time. Who'd you march with? Uh, drumline wise, I was a. Uh, I went to Woodham High School mm-hmm. and uh, was there for three years. And then uh, right before my senior year, the end of mm-hmm. my junior year is when they closed down Woodham. Mm-hmm. So uh, then uh, the drumline instructor came over from Pine Forest and recruited the entire drumline to go over to Pine Forest uh, and make it like just one mega machine. So, which was awesome. It sounded phenomenal. I thought you were going to drop some like Star of Indiana or Blast or Blast Crossman, stuff like that. No. I marched Crossman in 1998. Really? Well, my drum instructor, uh, 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 if you Tommy, say Brian Souls, I'm no, no, smack no, you. No, Tommy Nelson. He marched, I think he marched in 2005, 2006. I might be wrong. I don't That's know. awesome, he might, man. He marched fourth or fifth base. I can't remember. But he marched with Crossman, and then my other uh, instructor, Landis Frazier, marched with, uh, uh, I think, uh, Teal Sound is, or Eminence. Might have been Eminence or Teal Sound. I think he worked with Teal Sound, but they both marched uh, indoor percussion, WGI. They marched uh, for Winter Music Hill. City Mystique up in Nashville. Which was at the time, which was the end all be all of percussion. Really? So, yeah. Cool. But uh, I marched percussion and uh, I can't play a set of drums to save my life. I can't do it. I can't. I can do raw, I can do runs, but as far as getting that foot go, it's just not going to happen. No. It's like me driving a stick shift. It's not going to happen, okay? But, I mean, when it comes down to like me playing guitar, because I started playing guitar when I was seven and I started singing. 15 years later when I was 22, 23 years old. So you, if after playing guitar for 15 years, if you can't do it without thinking about it, then there's something wrong. So yeah, I can get that. Yeah. So I went from doing that to, um, and it took, it's a little bit of a process when you, when you go into doing singing, as far as singing leads and stuff like that. Granted, don't ask me to sing a lead while I'm playing a solo, but (laughs) I can play in rhythm and stuff like that. Uh, I was very blessed. It came extremely natural to me. So, and a lot of people, it does a lot of people have to try. Um, but for me, a lot of people say, I can't imagine doing that. I can't imagine being behind a guitar and then singing at the same time. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how your hands go this, that, and the other. It's, it's just it's just a muscle memory thing. It's just it's just the same way a mechanic can break down a transmission and rebuild it with his eyes closed. Same thing. But uh, it's, it's just, it's, it, I get what you're saying, yeah. and it makes sense when you say it. But for me to try and think through it, it's gibberish yeah. because yeah. I'm a tuba player. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. so while I'm playing tuba, I'm re- I can't play so tuba at the same time ever. See, I never got that either because I played clarinet and I played uh, saxophone. So I'm thinking of a tuba. You got three things yeah. there. You got so many different sounds. I'm like, there's no way you can get all those sounds. And it comes with your amateur, your posture, and everything like that. And so. then do that running across the field. Yes, and then do that running across the field, and then pivoting and going back the other yeah. way. So, yeah. no, you can't. No. That's what we did. That's what we did. Man, we got to play Pat Metheny my last year. Yeah. Crossman, 98, which was a good time. And uh, it was tons of fun. Yeah. I was in high school at the time, so this was the 90s. 90s, yeah. Just, just to date myself. Yeah. But you said something earlier I wanted to dig into. Yeah. Um, because you were talking about what it is to be original mm-hmm. and how how that's become important for you in singing your, your own songs and how yeah. even if you embellish some, some line here or there, it's still rooted somewhere in the truth. Yeah. And how recently the argument has come back up, not the argument, the discussion has come back up about how um, 
the human brain doesn't quite finish developing until 25, approximately, yeah, yeah. the frontal cortex. Yeah. And so now they're talking about rewriting all these voting age laws to incorporate that. And when I first read that, I was like, okay, now 18-year-old me yeah. is pissed. Yes, yes, yes. Well, 37-year-old me. 18-year-old me was pissed when I found out that you can be like, Something you can be 18 over in Louisiana or Mississippi and drink, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah beer. That, yeah, <laughs> I found that out last year, no matter how pissed I was. Yeah, I was sitting there and I was, I was, I had a friend that lives over in Ocean Springs. She's like, Yeah, well, legally, I can go over there and drink as long as I have my, my legal guardian with me. I said, You're 20. She's like, Yeah, I said, Wait a minute. She's like, Yeah, the legal <coughs> drinking age, if you have a guardian, is 18. If you're in mm-hmm. Mississippi, I said, mm-hmm. Two hours west, I'd have been getting. Faced. <laughs> you wouldn't no, have made it this far. No, I wouldn't have made it. I would not have been in jail. <laughs> so, no, but like stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but what is what does it say about what we know of our own identity uh, that that we're starting to learn and challenge how long youth can last? Like what the counter argument was? Why are they trying to force all these people to be children for longer? And my first thought was, how great would it be? To be a child for longer. Yeah. And so I didn't understand I could still from the, the kids menu until I'm 23 years old. I'd totally be cool with that. <laughs> I'd be fine with that. So, no. Um, Kitty waffles are totally oh, fine. They're amazing, yeah. Dinosaur nuggets, awesome. But, but then uh, how, does that, how does that tie into what, what you and I were talking about, about our own identities and, and what it is to, to be original? I think a lot of your identity and a lot of originality comes from just the life you live. Yeah. You can you can have all these laws in the world. You can have someone saying the legal drinking age is 18, legal smoking age is 18, 21, 25, whatever it is, voting age is 25. It doesn't matter what it is. It's not going to change who you are. It might change how you feel. Mm-hmm. Okay, It might change your approach and the way you view things, but it's not going to change who you are. Right. Who you are is it's not who you, no one's going to no one can make you. Them, we can build them faster, stronger, better. No one's going to do that for you. No. you. The only way you're going to be who you are is by being yourself and living your own life. Now, if you let those those choices and those decisions that other people make as far as voting ages and stuff like that, I don't even voting ages, you know, um, driving age, you know, um, how much you're allowed to buy, the legal amount you're allowed to buy this, stuff like well, that. So. Let's put it in the context of smoking marijuana okay. because that's a hot, that's a, a largely discussed topic yeah. and there's a lot of science that says people <coughs> under the age of 25 are more susceptible to potential um, brain, not damage, but because your brain's still developing, yeah. it can affect you differently under the age of 25 mm-hmm. than over the age of 25. I'm comfortable making that statement. Okay, yeah. And that, so, so how do, how do we... We're starting to learn new shit, and we got to incorporate yeah. some of this stuff. And what? How do we incorporate it responsibly? I guess. Well, oh, that's all. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, incorporating this. I like this. What do you uh, think of all that? Yes. <laughs> incorporating yourself responsibly. That. That. I mean, yes. I mean, I know, and I don't. It, it, I know they. They've proven it. That doesn't start stop developing until twenty five. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And even after twenty five, it comes back to the same thing. Of me saying you're never going to stop learning anything. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Granted, there are going to be some things you you might forget in order to learn certain sure. things. But when it comes to stuff like that, uh, I'm a firm believer that I don't believe, um, I think it should be legal. I'm going to say that. Okay. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a plant. It's a plant. It's a plant. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tobacco's a plant. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's my view on it. Do I partake in it all the time? No. Okay. Every now and then, yes, I do. I'm not afraid to say that. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, um, and anyone, I know there's going to be some people that are going to be watching and like, I don't, I don't care. Okay. That's just who I am. Yeah. But uh, when it comes to stuff like that, I, I wasn't really into it when I was 
18, 19, 20 years old, or even that much in high school. I yeah. drank a lot. <laughs> yeah, me either. Yeah. But um, <laughs> when it comes to stuff like that, as far as doing it responsibly or let how it affects you, as far as becoming a person and stuff like that, when you're, and you said that there's a lot of people out there who, who have concerns about the way it's going to affect someone's mind or their, their development at that age, up until that age. To me, it's the same exact thing as the music they listen to. Yeah. It's the same exact thing as the people they hang out with. It's the same exact thing as the environment that they grow up with. Some someone who grows who grows up around a certain environment mm -hmm. between the ages of eighteen and twenty five, of course, are going to be madly influenced by that environment. Yep. Yep. Someone who grows up around marijuana or smoking marijuana between the ages of 20, 18 and twenty five, do I think it's going to affect them mentally? No, I don't. I think it'll affect them mentally in a sense of them having their own views and ideas about things. Yes, which is there's nothing wrong with that. I, I completely respect everyone's views and decisions. Um, but until they get straight up in my face and they start just Bible thumping me with something, I'm like, no. But uh, no, as far as as far as that goes, as far as it goes, as uh, with people just. I don't, I don't, I don't think that. I don't think it has that much influence as a lot of people think it would. I think there's a lot of when people say, "Oh, they're going to be severely affected by this, or this is going to happen, or this is going to happen." I don't think that's the case. I think it's no less dangerous or no less effective than anything else in this world is as far than music is, than mm -hmm. the culture you're in, than the teachers you have in your in your life, than mm -hmm. uh, the school you grow up with, than the football coach you have. Than anyone, I don't think it's any more, any less, or any more effective than that. Granted, I mean, part of you is going to want to. There's some not necessarily legal ways that you have to go about engaging in that sort of thing. But there's, I mean, you're a kid, you're 18, 19 years old. If you're not causing problems, you're not living life. Okay, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying everyone should go out there and rob a bank or something like that. I'm just saying you're going to get into trouble. Okay, my mm -hmm. dad told me that. Well, first thing he said, you're going to get into trouble. You're going to make stupid decisions. Okay, that's a part of life. But something, something like that, as far as no, I don't, I don't think it affects. Yeah, it affects people, but I don't think it's any more effective than anything else in the world right now. Yeah. So. Well, and and it's a plant. Yeah. Like we said, and I don't think, like you said earlier, I don't think we need to start rolling stuff back to uh, to accommodate some new science. Yeah. Like. Train the the whole thing with the change in the voting age. That's yeah. that's just an example. I don't yeah. necessarily agree with that because that's that's pretty crazy. Like yeah. you're talking about changing the whole population's voting age yeah. by nearly ten years. Yeah, that'll never happen. No, that's never gonna happen. No, a lot, a lot of thing that that uh, kind of upset. And yeah, that would upset me even though I'm 27 years old, mm -hmm. about to be 28. That upsets me because I got a brother who's 25, just turned 25, mm -hmm. or he just turned 24. I'm sorry. And uh, the fact that they, if they do that, he's not going to be able to vote for a other year. And he is one of the smartest, most intellectual people I've ever right. had in my life. Right. Okay? And there are some guys out there who are 21, 22 years old who have, who have a better, clear, level head. Mm -hmm. And granted, my idea of a level head and clear understanding is going to be different years than someone else's. Mm -hmm. But as far as making right decisions and choices and being sound and morally being a decent person... There are some people out there who are 21, 22 years old who are far more advanced than someone who's 35, 36. Yeah. So yeah. if you're going to do that, I think, I think there should be a test. 
What if, you, what if you want me to do? It's just like there's some people out there that say you should take a test before you have a child. Yeah. So I think I think there needs to be a test before you step on a hoverboard. Right? Yes. yes. <laughs> your cognitive abilities, your self balance, and everything. What should I do? Where should I not try and write this out? You know? Because you exactly. don't you don't want to put it. You know, I mean, I don't. I don't know. It's just I really do. I think there should be a test as far as voting and stuff like that. But then it comes back to the fact that there are going to be people who are going to manipulate the tests. There's going to be people who say, well, these questions should be on the test. Well, this is how old you have to be to take this test. I'm like, no. There's, I mean, if you change the age to 25 or anything like that, there's always going to be. It's it's just moronic in yeah. my idea. So I don't think it's a. I don't no, think it would. Ever I mean, because I know there's 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 a kid up there and um uh, and um. Uh, where I was playing up there in, uh, or when I was up there staying in Nolensville, Tennessee, at the lady's house I was playing at, uh, her grandson, mm-hmm. uh, amazing young boy, he's uh, 11 years old, I believe, cancer survivor. <sighs> yes, this kid is one of the most badass kids I've ever met in my life. He's got the most. I imagine. And it's not the fact that he's tough or anything like that. Intellectually, he said, I walked in the first, the first time I met him. Uh, a month ago, his name's Austin. Mm-hmm. First time I met him a month ago, I walked in the door, didn't know me. He's like, uh, you Tony the singer? I was like, yes, I am. He's like, Austin, nice to meet you. And he was just, yeah. he, he was, he was having, he is the most engaging and the most intellectual. Like he was so. Death has a way death, of doing that yes. to you. Yeah. Well, yeah, that and the fact that he's just such a. He's so engaged. Like he was, he was giving me business advice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like at 11 years old, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, dude, let me write this down. <laughs> Come on, let me get a note. Sitting, yeah. And um, he's like, and that's a prime example of saying that there's people out there. Doesn't matter how old you are. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can be 11 years old mm-hmm. and have the intellectual mind of someone who can just wants to conquer the world in a good way and overcome everything. And when you overcome something like that, that's going to affect you. Something. He's, just, he's yeah. an amazing kid, an amazing kid, and he's got a hell of a future ahead of him. But um, that kid, I would, I would much rather trust that kid with a with a hard decision than I would some thirty and forty year olds. We've all met those thirty yes, and forty we've all, years old. Yes, yeah. we've all partied with those thirty and forty yeah, years old. Some days I am those yeah. thirty and forty yeah, years old. So there are some times when I'm on my off days, or sometimes I'm on stage. I'm like, you really don't want me to answer yeah. that question. Yeah. So for about an hour and a half yeah. this morning. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. So there's sometimes, and there, I mean, and there, there are sometimes like I mean, my, uh, my, we were talking about this on the way down. I told her, I said, I'm an asshole. <laughs> I'm not afraid to say it. I'm an asshole. Some people think I'm an asshole. Some people think you're an asshole. But we know what kind of assholes we are because. Yeah. Of, I'm an asshole to you because you don't like what I'm saying. So, and that's it. And there are sometimes I'm just like, there are sometimes where I'm that guy that you don't want making that decision. I'm gonna let you know. You probably shouldn't ask me that question right now. Could come back to me in two hours, and then ask me the same question. You might get a different answer. Probably not, but you might get a different answer. So that's what I'm saying. As far as that number age and everything like that goes, you're never gonna. You can't put an age on intellect. You can't put an age on good moral values. You can't put an age on good decisions. You can't do that. There's an 11-year-old that I know who lives in Nolensville, Tennessee, who is one of the smartest kids I've ever met in my life, Mm -hmm. one of the most determined kids I've ever met in my life. And there's a 40-year-old that I know who is one of the dumbest people I've ever met in my life. And I guarantee one of the things that makes those two different is that uh, one of them has had a near-death experience. That has a lot to do with it. I mean, granted, I've had a couple of those. I mean, I've had... I flipped a truck when I was was 19, 20 years old. I got into a really bad truck accident. I was driving a uh, 1989 Chevy Suburban, which is a tank. Yeah. If anyone has ever seen one of those things, it is a tank. Yeah. And the power steering had gotten out of it. So you were turning a tank. 
And uh, I was on my way home, and then just <clears throat> the truck just landed. And I walked away with it without a scratch on me. Should not have. But something like that happens, your perspective, you have, there is, there is no maybe, there is no maybe, I should think, look at things differently. <laughs> you think a thing, you look at things differently. There is no maybe, I should try this. There's no, you're automatically doing it. And that's happened. There's, and it's sad to say that some of the, that majority of the people who think that way, and it's not everybody, but the majority of people who think that way, who have a clear perspective, who have a really good appreciation for things and really have a depth to, to their intellect and stuff like that, are people who have had kind of experiences like that, not even near death, who have people who have had experiences, whether it be someone that they lost or mm -hmm. whether they almost lost themselves or maybe it's just they were surrounded by a certain thing. Just it's the gravity of whatever. Sometimes it takes the gravity of a situation like that to suck out everything else. Just yeah. so you have. But I mean, no, like that's just it's it's. The thought of that just irritates me. The thought of someone just, and one of the things, my dad raised me on three rules, three mm -hmm. questions. Uh, the first thing he would ask me when we were growing up, you can ask my youngest brother and my youngest sister this. Um, when we were growing up, my dad would always ask us, he said, what don't we like? It's liars. What does every church have? And it's not even just a church. You can go to a bar. What does every church, what does every place have? A hypocrite. And what do I want you to be? A good person. Okay, I was raised on those, and that's why I live my. I, I live. I live, If I go to bed at the end of the night and I don't think I'm a good person, I'm going to be up until seven o'clock in the morning. So, but it's it all comes um, for me. You can't you can't put an age on something like that. You can't put an age on. Ask you can't tell someone no. You're not allowed to do this because you're not ready. You can't do that. I mean, there are, there are times you look at someone and you can tell that they're not ready. Yeah. I mean, musically-wise, you can look at someone as a guitar player. This guy says, I really want to play in this band. You're not ready. Mm -hmm. you're, you're really not ready. And there, I've had mentors tell me you're not ready. And that's there's that's one thing. But to look at someone intellectually and, and tell them that they are not smart enough or they're not ready to make a decision like that, that's why I think, and I'm, I know I said it as a joke, I think there should be a test. Okay. I'm right there and, with you, man. Yeah. I really do think there should be a test for a lot of things. Not a standardized on. test. Yeah. No, no, no. But like yeah. a real test that measures shit. Yes. Yeah. Like an ASVAB. I know, and a lot of people don't look at the ASVAB the way that they should. But uh, um, there should be, I, I believe that there should be some sort of system, and I use system very loosely. I got to be careful mm -hmm. when you say that word. There's, there should be some sort of process that you go through that doesn't matter what your age is, a seven-year-old can walk in. And if he blows that 36-year-old out of the water, too bad for the 36-year-old, okay? He mm -hmm. wasn't ready. He wasn't ready, mm -hmm. you know? But I just, I believe that that's the way it should be. I don't think you should put an age on who or, or what you're allowed to do. Or yeah, Well, I mean, driving, there should be there should just be some people you shouldn't drive. You're not going to put a 13-year-old in a car behind a Ferrari. You're not going to do that. So... <laughs> But uh, <laughs> what would you end up with? If you, you wouldn't get a Ferrari back. No, no, you wouldn't get a Ferrari back. You get no. You you would get portions of a Ferrari back. So you get pieces. You might not even get yeah. the thirteen-year-old back. So uh, no, you just um, I, uh, no, just stuff like that is just. I don't think I'm. I'm a firm believer. Cause a lot of people told me uh, I was. I was a high school dropout, mm -hmm. and uh, but the reason. My, my parent, the teachers told my parents, they said, no, he's not smart enough. He's not, he can't do it. He's not capable. He can't learn. He's not capable of learning. I dropped out. The very next day, I went over to the, to the college, took the test. Done. 
And then my dad took the results back to him and slammed it on the table and said, I don't want you to ever tell, my son, tell anyone again my son's not smart enough because he just proved you wrong. I was just lazy, okay? <laughs> I just didn't want to do a damn thing. So I was, See, that was me too. I was more preoccupied with sneaking to the school next door and seeing my girlfriend, okay? So, but uh, no, I just, I don't think, I think there are people who have it in them mm-hmm. to do it. There are people that um, shouldn't be, I, I don't think anyone should be, should have a limit or an age limit that says you have to be this high to ride this ride. Mm-hmm. If you can ride the ride, ride the ride. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what I think. If there's a six year old, there's there's some rides that I can't go on that I know that eleven year old could probably he would laugh at me because I couldn't go on those rides and he would kill it on those rides. Buy the ticket, take the ride. He would look man. over at me and be like, "Pussy." Like, that's, <laughs> but I mean, and that's 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 a good thing right there. If you can, if you, I I don't think you should life should say you have to be this tall to ride this ride. I think that if you have the balls to do it and you can ride the ride, ride it. That's what I think. So, so from a safety perspective, no. safety perspective is a different thing. So, well, if from a safety perspective, do you tell people for your own safety, don't do it, or you need to know this before you do it? You need to know this before you do it. That, okay, I'm not. That's what say. we need to be doing. Yeah, is more of yeah, more education. Of education. Yeah, it's 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 letting people know that yes, you can do this if you want to, but this is gonna happen if you do it. Mm-hmm. Just like that. Just like saying. Walking up to a fence and peeing on an electrical fence. Okay? There's some people out there, they say, despite as many videos are out there on YouTube, a lot of people watching, look, I want to see if that's really real. I'm going to okay, try it. That man. guy having a seizure on the ground right now, me, that's that's a fake seizure he's having right now. So, I was like, gonna hurt that bad. let's go out there 20 miles past the county. We can find a fence right now. We can go ahead and do it. Let's put your theory to the test. Yes. I mean, there are some people out there who are just going to go ahead and just be completely ignorant. Okay? to the fact that there are just some things you just don't do but at the same time yes I think that that what more education is what it comes down to it's the fact of saying I think I think everyone should be allowed whatever they, they should be able to do whatever the hell they want to do I mean mm-hmm. I mean and I might be stepping on feet but I mean it comes to like buying guns and stuff like that are different those are those that's that's a big that's a big issue but as far as doing something like you said yes you can do this if you want to but you need to know. It's just like the waiver you sign. You know, whenever like you go skydiving, okay? This could happen. So you can't go suing us, even though we we made you watch the video, we made you read the assessment and everything like that. You signed it, your initial is down there, your signature's down there. You right. read it all, you have all the information, whether you, what you choose, whether or not you choose to still do it, after you have all the information, it's up to you. It's on you. It's on you, <laughs> not on me. I gave you the information. It was good information I gave you. It was accurate information. If you mess up after this, it's on you. Well, that, and that raises the question of mentors. You mentioned uh, you've had some mentors yeah. in, in your day, and I think that's something that's missing. I would like to see more of that because yes. I think if we had more mentors, we have less idiots signing paperwork that they don't understand to protect them. I had a, uh, I had, I've had, um, I've had about a handful of mentors in my life. Yeah. I think the first one I ever had, his name was. Uh, Tommy Nelson was my high school drum instructor. Mm-hmm. Two of them, Alandis Frazier and Tommy Nelson. And they both dis- instilled in me, you know, the discipline it takes to learn, the discipline it takes to get something right. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as when I go to learn a solo, I want to sit there and I'm going to hash it out over and over and over again until I get it down because that's what I learned from them. They instilled that in me, which is a good quality. So, I mean, sometimes I might piss off whoever I'm with in the next room because I keep playing the same thing over and over again, mm-hmm. but that's what it takes. Um, and I've had my my guitar mentor, Don Polk, who passed away a couple years ago. Um, the biggest piece of advice he ever gave me was don't play the guitar, play the song. 
okay? And it took me a few years to understand that. And then there was a buddy of mine, Joey Quiggins, who's taught me the business side of things and everything like that. I've been very lucky. And even up to this point, I still have a couple. I have a vocal coach who's, mm-hmm. a, who's like a mentor to me now who's helping me take care of things. But um, mentors are just... There's, there's a difference between idols and mentors and heroes and stuff like that. A mentor is someone who truly has the best intentions of making your life better, right? They want you to learn the very best you can. And they, all they're doing is, it's, it's like, a, it's like a, a, a Jedi master and his Padawan. You know, yeah. That's all it is. That's a, as nerdy as that made me sound, I don't care. I, uh, love, the I love sensei, Star Wars. The sensei and the, sensei and the, and the student, student, student yes, master yes. role. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's just, the same thing. It's the same thing, okay? It is. It is. He's going to sit there and tell you, you know, take the rock from my hand. You know, it just, just stuff mm-hmm. like that, or just hang up the coat. You know, we all saw the new Karate Kid movie. Hang up the coat. Hang up the coat. Hang up the coat. Put attitude with it. And then he's just like, I'm sick and tired of hanging up the coat. And then he goes to hit him, and he just he stops him. And as weird as that might be sound, mentors. I, mean, I wish there was. There's not a lot of men, there's there's. I rarely hear someone talk about their mentor. Yeah. I rarely hear some. If I do, they're around my age. I don't hear anyone younger than the age of 22, 23 years old talking about their mentors or something like that. So oh, this, this is my guy. He was mentoring me. This, that, the other. And I, uh, we, we, uh, uh, we associate mentors with crafts and stuff like that. As right. far as musicianship or even being a carpenter or, or being a writer or something like that. Um, a skill. A skill. A skill, an acquired skill, yes. And um, But that's what we usually associate mentors. But, I mean, you can be in... Just a per- you can have a mentor for life. Just someone you talk to, someone that guides you, or something like that. Not a psychiatrist, not a something like that. Just someone who, who gives you a little direction. Life coach, a life coach. JP yes. Sears. I mentioned that earlier. Yes. You know, he's known as a comedian on yes. uh, online, but he's also uh, an emotional coach. Yeah. And and a life coach, mm-hmm. which is very true to the ancient Roman and Greek societies. You know, Plato and Aristotle. The the way that those people transmuted or transmitted education was. Uh, was through mentors, and yeah. so they all had, like, it was this public Big Brother program, yeah. and that's what Socrates was. Socrates was an educator to the kids of the the rich people, yeah. which is one of the reasons he was kind of an asshole at least. Yeah. But, <laughs> okay. yeah. but he, uh, but all of those people were professional educators. They were professional mentors in a whole different kind of way. Yeah. I think it'd be really neat if we had more of that in our society, whereas as opposed to the model we have now where a teacher has 20 or 30 kids in a classroom. You no. know, that, doesn't, that doesn't do anything. No, I don't think that does anything because you, you have 20 or 30 kids in a classroom. Uh, well, high school and junior high, elementary school is one thing. So you got 20 or 30 kids in a classroom for eight hours. Yeah, six hours, however long school days. I don't know anymore. But um, supposed to be in high school, you have twenty or thirty kids for forty-five minutes, and then they go on to the next person, and then the next one, and mm-hmm. then the next one, and then the next one. That's not being a mentor. That's being that's. I mean, that's being a teacher. You're there for a certain amount of time. And don't get me wrong, being a teacher. I don't. I don't want to say. I don't want to offend when I say that. But being a teacher is one thing. But te- the term teacher is is exactly what it is. You teach someone to do something. You know. You guide them on how to do it. You 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 instill in them. Uh, today's mentor, today's teachers. I don't think they're mentors unless you're taking that time with a specific student. You set aside your personal time, 
and really engage with that student. And there just aren't yeah. enough hours in a day for there's even not, the best teacher not. to be a and mentor to all of their students. It's, it's that's no fault of theirs. No, there's, no, that's, no, absolutely yeah. no. Yeah. And there's, and I, uh, I know there's, I have some friends that are Facebook that are teachers, and I really don't want you to get mad at me when I said that. But uh, we're on your side. We're right, yeah, we're on your side. Trust <laughs> me, because I wanted to be a teacher when I was in a in my early twenties. I thought about going back to school, and I wanted to be a teacher. I really did because some of I the idea, and it's not and. I'm not saying the idea, but the thought of being, I wanted to be that person to take what I knew and I wanted to give someone, I wanted to give, give to someone else. I want someone else to know what I know. Mm -hmm. Okay. And cause my dad runs around the house. He's like, he's like, you may think that, but I know what I know. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, boy, but I want to know what you know. He's like, you're not ready. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> but, uh, um, no, it's just, that's why I like college professors and stuff like that. They have. They have like maybe, and when you're a college student, you have like two or three classes a week, you know, two or three days a week, you know, and. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> so I had five days a week, and oh man, my yeah, my college. Career. Well, I'm re I'm referencing one of uh, someone that uh, that uh, on average. Yeah, yeah, on average. On average, you, know? you take uh, like twelve hours, twelve semester yeah, hours. And twelve semester hours, there. and there's uh, someone that I know right now. She goes to class. Um, she goes in at eight o'clock in the morning, first class, and she has class on Mondays and Wednesdays. Okay, and uh, God, I miss that light schedule. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, but she's also an amazing person. She's a she's a, in the army. She's in the army reserves. She was a, a she was a parachute rigger in the airborne division when she was enlisted. She's total badass. Yeah, total badass. So and uh, but she um, parachutes. <laughs> that whole that whole world. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of those things. You mean you jump? I mean you you mean and, and I like and she's she's the sweetest girl in the world. And I mean and she's afraid of needles. And I told her I said you need to tell me if you trust your life with a piece of fabric this thin, <laughs> jumping out of an airplane, God knows how high up in the air, not knowing whether or not it's gonna open or whether it's gonna rip because of the air pressure. But you won't let something tinier than this, like just just one time, try some blood. And she, and some people are like that, you know. Yep. Some people have those balls, and I don't. I won't jump out of a plane. <laughs> no, I because I know what's gonna happen when I jump out of a plane. I'm gonna fall. Right. <laughs> I don't know what might happen. That chute might not open. So that's all I need. So I don't want to know if I, don't I wanna, bounce. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to find out how hard that ground is gonna be when I hit it. Because when I bet, there's nothing I can find out after that. So. No, but with mentors and everything like that, I really do wish there were a lot more mentors. That's why I would love the opportunity to be able to work with someone. Like when I, of course, right now I can't do it because my schedule and the way I want my my life is going, the direction it's going right now, there's just no time for it. But I would love, I would love to have to be someone that my guitar mentor was for, for me. I would love to be someone like that for someone else. I would love just to instill into somebody. And I think everybody needs someone like that in life, especially every kid. Mm -hmm. Every kid between the age of. Because when you're a kid from birth until like 13, 14 years old, I think you should just be a kid. You know, just be a kid. Just have fun. Do whatever you need to do. Get into trouble. Scrape your arms up. Get yeah. bit by fire ants, you know. Run down the street butt naked if you want to, away from your mother. Stuff like that. Don't do that. But, you know, just, it's in a sense. Unless it's the 80s. Unless it's the 80s. <laughs> what did Neil Roberts say? He's like, oh, I remember it was back in the 50s and 60s. You could have multiple sexual partners without free the disease. <laughs> right? So, but, um. It's a good song too. Yeah, yeah. Love so, the one you're with. Love the one you're with. Yes. But uh, thank you, Daryl. Uh, but um, no, I think uh, between that is you should just be be a kid. And once you're around 14 or 15 or 16 years old, I think that's the perfect time in a kid's life that 
that someone should come into their lives and really just in, influence them. Okay, because those are yeah. the years that are, they're really malleable, you know? Man, I think it's earlier than that. I think really? from day one. Yeah. Day one? I think, I think kids benefit from having access, permanent and constant access, to someone who can turn the page. Yeah. Uh, so being within earshot of someone who can just prod prod a kid with the next question yeah. or the next observation, yeah. not necessarily have all the answers, but keep the wheels turning. Yeah, that facilitates that learning, yeah. and yeah. that goes back to uh, like in ninjutsu, students and children were taught martial arts at skills. a very young age. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. would play games. Yeah. yeah, that that translated yeah. into and skills then, yeah. later. Yeah, so I think. In some aspects, it would it would be cool to have mentors from like a kindergarten age, yeah, all the way up. I'd be totally. I cool could see that. that, but I mean, at the same time, me as a person, uh, which I mean, which is awesome, me and you are able to talk something like this because you, your views or and my views are two completely different things, but we respect each other. Mm-hmm. So, but for me, when I grew up, it's just it's for me the same way that people ask me, um, God, I wish I could play guitar like you. Or, I wish <laughs> you could. You know, like you could. But the only reason, I'm, the only way I'm gonna, I wish you would teach me, or this, I'm like, I'm gonna teach you, but you might not want to do it, because I'm gonna right. teach you the same way that I learned. I'm not gonna teach you the way that these, this guy teaches you. If you want to learn that way, go over to that guy. How many years do you have? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> a lot of, some guy asked me, he's like, man, how long, you, how, how do you play like that? I sat alone in my room for nine years, yeah. learning how to do it, and I'm still figuring it out. Yeah. Hey, but that's what I tell people. I said, if you want to be, if you want to have my life, then you live my life. Right. But And uh, if you want to have the results that I have, you might be able to get them a different way, but if you want them the way I got them, I'm going to show you how I got them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. I'm going to buy I'm going to buy you the cheapest piece of shit guitar that you can afford that your dad could buy at a, at a garage sale with, with the strings that high off the guitar when you're 15 years old and just bleed, <laughs> bleed all over the fretboard. And then five years later, when you're afford, you're able to afford a very decent guitar, you're gonna be like lightning up and yeah. down the thing. So that's, that's what true. happened to me. Like my family, we weren't able to afford a lot of stuff. And me, I'm not a, I'm not a, I can, I'm very blessed to say that I, I make a decent living doing what I'm doing. I can keep a roof over my head, gas in the truck, food in my stomach, food in my dog's stomach, you know? I take care of myself, what, what I'm doing. But there's, uh, we didn't grow up, but we had what we needed. Yeah, and there were some times where we wanted stuff, we didn't get it. Um, I didn't. Of course, being a kid, you're gonna be a, a brat, and you're gonna be get mad at it. But now looking back on it, I thank God for everything that I had. So, but um, I'm a I'm a firm believer that when stuff like that happens, if yeah, I mean, you want the results that I have, then yeah, I'm gonna do it. And that's the kind of mentor I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be like, well, this is what happened to me. If he comes to me with a question or something like that, this is what I, this is what I did. Mm-hmm. Or if they come to me a question like. I really don't, I've never had to go through something like that or I don't know what that's about but I can help you as best as I can. Yeah, and that gets yeah. back to being original. Yeah. And and it takes it takes a good mentor to teach someone else how to be themselves. Yes. And it that's does. that's so hard. And it's to sad to, it's sad to say that and this came back with uh that's it's funny you should say that because I just recently went through that or something like that with uh over the past couple months. Um right when I signed with Kim. Mm-hmm. Uh she uh, got me a vocal coach, mm-hmm. and I had been affected by so many people that I had played or sung with, and whether it be Logan or Brian or Rhonda or whoever else, I had been affected by them so much vocally that 
I didn't have a voice. I didn't have my voice. My I had no voice. I had a cover voice. I could sound like someone else really good. Mm-hmm. But as far as, and the vocal coach listened to me, he said, and he heard me talking like this, and then he heard me sing. He said, what is that? I was like, what? He's like, what, what is that? Don't do that. And he broke me down. He literally broke me down after years of me had, doing it one way. He literally took a sledgehammer and broke it down. <laughs> And tried to find. He's like, he, he was just, he was just like, he broke it down, little rebel. Out of all the stuff, he's just like, there it is. Let's do right that. <laughs> Let's start with this right here. So, and but and he's an he's an amazing vocal coach, and and I got very lucky that we were able to find it just in time that I went for this for the uh, recording. But it's the same way about teaching someone to be original. Some some people don't know how to be themselves. Some yep. people don't know how to be, you know, original or authentic or just unique uniqueness mm-hmm. is a word that i like to i love the word unique i mm-hmm. love that word because it's it's such a beautiful word because when you see someone or when you meet someone i love meeting people who are that way mm-hmm. i don't I, and there there are a bunch of friends that'll be like man you are in the, just you're just like like people say you're just like your father or yeah. you're just like your mother. Yeah, I don't want that. I want. I want. I want. I want. How little you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Just, just maybe the accent. So the way you snore when you sleep, you're just like your father, or something like that. But uh, yeah, right. But um, I love meeting people like that where I can meet them and be like, this. I have never met someone like this in my life. You know, That's, I love that. I love that feeling. I love meeting people like that, and I love. And hopefully, I'm. I am someone like that. Someone that I can walk into someone's life and be like, I've never met someone like this before. And I've met a lot of people in my life. Yeah. So, but yes, I mean, sadly, nowadays, back, I mean, back in, even in the 90s, I would say that you could be original. It would be very easy to be original. You could do whatever you want to. But nowadays, you could just, you just, there's so much going on in the world today. It just, I, I, I thought clicks were only in high school. <laughs> oh, God, man. No, Wrong. yes, that's what I thought. So, but luckily, I mean, I have friends that are all over the place. I mean, I have friends that are whatever you want to call them, jocks. I have friends that are country boys. I have friends that are uh, wealthy. I have friends that don't have anything to their name. I have friends that are drifters. They have the wanderlust lifestyle. And one of my best friends in the world that I grew up with, wanderlust lifestyle. He 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 lived in a uh, he hiked from down from New Mexico all the way up to Canada, <laughs> and he's one of the most spiritually. He's just one of the most amazing people I've ever met in my life. That sounds and, fun. Uh, He's uh, he's a musician just like me. Mm-hmm. So we sit at the house every now and then, and like, we cannot see each other for three years. But he'll come into the house, we'll pick up two guitars, and it'll be like we never left. Just it's just the way it is. And some people are like that, but to be an original person, I think it has a lot. That like I said, it goes back to the beginning. What I said, it goes back to the way you grew up. It goes back to who you are, what you let influence you. Experience. Yeah, yeah. It comes back to experience. Yeah, I've had a lot of experience in my life, and I still have a lot to go. But I've done a lot of stupid shit. And I've watched people do a lot of stupid shit. And I've been involved in it. I've been the result of a lot of stupid shit. <laughs> okay, so, and, um, but it's, being an original person, being unique, and being just authentic is just, that's something that's, that's a rarity nowadays. Mm-hmm. It is. It's very rare. And I, I'm, I would love, I would love to see more people. I would love to see more mentors out there, especially people who can who can not break someone down in an emotional sense, but break someone down and be like, no, this is this is who you're trying you're trying to be. This don't be that person. Don't do that. Be yourself. Right. Yeah. They say, and they look around. They look around. They say, well, this guy. No, 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 no. No, well, this guy or no, well, that guy. No, well, I would like to try and look like no. Be yourself. Yeah. Okay. I would like to. I would like to sit down. 
I'd like to take a summer with someone just to be like and break them down and be like, you know what? Let's find you, <laughs> right? Uh, I found you. I can see this in you. I can see this guy in you. This guy in you. Let's find you. Let's go ahead and there you are. Oh, let's do that. that. Yeah. That. Let's find that diamond in the river. You know. Let's do that. So let's let's just find you. So and that's that's good. That's a good feeling to say when you, at the end of the day. That's why I say it, well, like the the whole every place has liars. Every place has a hypocrite. Every, we want you to be a good person. Mm-hmm. That was something unique from life because a lot of people didn't work. Uh, there's a lot of people, I was very blessed because a lot of kids that weren't raised that way. There's a lot of kids. And I'm not saying that my life is better than someone else's because of that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to say that. But um, I feel very blessed because that gave me and my brother and my sister a very unique side of us. Mm-hmm. We're all the same. We all love each other. We have the same values and stuff like that, but we're all different. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. But um, I, would, <clears throat> I really do think that, that the world... Not just this country, but the world needs more people like that. Mm-hmm. The world needs needs more people who are willing to do that, who are willing to help, just help people. You know, yeah. be a good person. Just help people. Do whatever you can, just to make someone else's life better. I'm fine with my life. I <laughs> I love my life right now, and I love the way it's going, and I love where it's going. But it's gonna be. There's gonna come a time where I'm gonna be like, you know what? I'm ready to do something for someone else now. So, and I would love that. There's always the next page, right? The next page. The next I'm waiting, page. And I'm, I've been, and trust me, I'm still reading the same two pages over and over again. I'm like, okay, something's here that I'm not getting yet. Something's here that, and that I would love to get to that part where the final chapter comes up and like, or the final like three or four chapters comes up and you're just like, okay, now I can do this. So, it's going to be fun. And the next page that I'm looking at is, uh, I was studying these Buddhist monks that are supposed to be able to transcend their physical form and become light beings. Like that's that's the page that I'm going to start working on. Is yeah. how you become a being of light. Yeah, I'm out for some fucked up crazy shit. Mm. Okay, the Yoda ghost. <laughs> Yoda ghost. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, like, we're going to Dagobah, but we got to see the Yoda ghost. Yeah. <laughs> Yoda's like, nope, Dagobah's coming to you. So, have you seen that one, the new one? No, I haven't. No. Is it any good? Oh, it's it's great. It really is good. It really is good. Awesome. So, there's a there's a scene in there where where Yoda shows up, and he's and he's. Teaching Luke. Luke's like a Jedi master and everything like that. But he's sitting there like, he's get it right. He's like, get it right. He's like, you dumb white boy. <laughs> like, it's just, and it's awesome. So, I mean. No. Good, because everybody needs someone from beyond. Yeah, and that, that's just another sign right there. If you can't get that from Luke Skywalker, that you're never going to stop learning things, there's no hope for anyone. So Yeah, yeah. But, Might as well just give it up. Yeah, so. But no, uh, that's always... I had so I had a bunch of I'm very lucky that to say that I had a bunch of people like that in my life and they're still in my life some of them still are some of them are um, but I'm very fortunate to say that I've had a handful of mentors and they they were all really good people and they are and granted at the time I wanted to punch them in the throat because I thought I was the, sh- the shit and mm-hmm. I was like I got this go get out of here and then when I mess up I'm like so remember that thing you said last week <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no I've always. I'm very fortunate to say that I've had people like that, and it's it's put me my it's it hasn't put me on a course, but it allowed me to be able to find my own course mm-hmm. in life, my mm-hmm. own path. There you go. And uh, I'm very happy with it. And I'd like to I'd like to be someone like, whether someone has a dozen or has three of them in their lives. I'd like to be one of those guys or someone. You know. Hell yeah, man. Everyone should be. I think I think everyone should everyone should strive to. Um, once you once you accomplish. What you, once you do everything you want to do in life, I think it then, or even while you're doing it, I think it, I think it's a good idea for everyone to at least try and just 
be someone like that for someone else. And a lot of, not everyone has it in them either. Well, I so. think that's part of the teaching process yeah. is you, you can't, you can't know something entirely until you know it well enough to teach it to someone else. Exactly. And I'm yes. not the first person to say that. No, no. But, no. but that's, uh, it's very true that, that um, you said you're, you know, your instructor punches you in the throat. Actually got punched in the throat one time for being no, an idiot. No, I wanted idiot. to punch and him in the throat. No, I actually got punched in the throat <laughs> by one of my instructors yeah. for being a smartass yeah. one time. No, there, there was times he would sit there and he would grab the drum and like, shake it. Don't be stupid. Just like that. Or he would just do some random stuff. Or, but uh, no, there's just borderline child abuse. But no, uh, no, there's there, stuff like that is everyone ha it comes back to being a teacher. I don't think everyone has it in them. But I think there are, there are people out there who have it in them that aren't doing it. Yeah. I do. I think. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There are people out there who have the ability, who have it inside of them. But because they didn't have someone, they don't have it. Well, they have it, but they don't know where it's at because they're not original. They're not unique. So, yeah. But I think, I think if you have a really good mentor in you or mentor with you, it doesn't matter how many you have. You can have one or you can have a dozen. I had five. Um, so far. So far. So far. <laughs> so far. And, uh, but I think that there are people out there who have it in them that should, if they have it in them and they feel compelled to do it, I think they should. I just, well, it goes back to kindness, like you were talking about that kind, you know, JP always talks about kindness and gratitude, but it's the way that we, that we come to know the truth is by sharing our perspectives because nobody has any, any garner or, you know, any more. Uh, perspective on the truth than anybody else. Yeah, it's a collection of perspectives yeah. that make up the yeah. truth. And so, it take the more people you have trying to get at something that is true, or trying to get at the truth of something means you're going to end up with something closer to the truth. Yeah, than yeah. one person shooting in a dark alley yeah. trying to find out, no. you know, which way to piss. No. But no. I thought something was about to go boom. Yeah, that was important. Ah, anyway, but uh. Yeah, so mentors yeah. and education, it's important, man. It's important. And that, I agree that uh, we would be better off if we had more of that. Mm -hmm. There's some more. It just goes, it goes back to when you have mentors and you're, you're better educated. And it's not to say that. I mean, I'm not trying to get on the topic of people like not being able to afford a decent education. I'm not trying to say that. But uh, the more educated you are and the more you strive to learn about things and the more you, you attempt to mm -hmm. learn more about things, is that's when, you know, well, that struggle, the struggle of trying to, to learn something new is very rewarding. Mm -hmm. The, you know, if, it, if everybody just sat down and were able to play guitar the way that you play guitar, you know, as the dreamers come up to you and say, man, I wish I could play guitar like you. Like, well, anything. if I just handed you that gift, it wouldn't mean anything, anything. No, no. to you. What is it? What is it? Uh, the movie Incredibles. The cartoon movie, you yeah. see that? He's like, yeah. when everyone's super, no one is. That's, what it, that's, that's just what it is. So, it's I mean, true. It's just like, it's, 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 there's no fun in the process. Like, I remember sitting up late at night, 13, 14 years old, and annoying the shit out of my mother playing the guitar in the, in the passenger, <laughs> at the end of the house, playing my little electric guitar with my little tiny amp, and just annoying the mess out of her. And, but... She looks at me 10 years later, 10, 12, 13 years later, and I'm recording my first album. I'm playing on big stages, I'm playing great shows and everything like yeah, that. Yeah. I've been locked in at a place that's making me a really good living for the past three, four years now. And 
I'm a high school dropout, <laughs> you know? So she's just like, she's like, uh, part of me thinks like, no, you have no other choice. You have to take that. So like, the other part isn't an option. You threw away that option. Now this is all you have. So no, but just, yeah, if you, for everyone, if everyone could do that, or for everyone could be a singer, if everyone could be an artist, just mm -hmm. drawn or a sculptor or mm -hmm. a scientist, or just, if everyone had one of those minds, it would just, everything would just be stale. Just true. It would be like those, those, movies you see when everyone's wearing gray you know i hate that i that's, it'd be bland like if everyone if i looked around and saw everyone being just as good at everything as everyone else is i'm be like it's just it's distasteful to me it's just it's mm -hmm. sad it's bland it's what it is it's gray well there's no unique there's no unique there's no originality mm -hmm. like uh i can't like like i said that kid caleb 19 years old a phenom on the guitar and he's only probably only gonna get better Mm -hmm. So hopefully you'll only get better. I hate to think he peaked at 19, but uh, he um, he's a phenomenal guitar player, and I love that because he's 19 years old. Mm -hmm. and he's that for, for he can't he can't you can't be me better than me. You can't do that. You can't right. sing my song better than me. I mean, there's going to be guys out there who might sound who can probably sing it a better way, different version. I'd be like, oh, I like that version better. But you're never going to sing that better than me. You're never going to write my mm -hmm. songs better than me. You're never going to play my solos better than me. Right. That's it. So. But, uh, and which is why I think there are some people who just shouldn't play music. <laughs> and there are some people who just should not teach. And there are some people who just should not sing. But, I mean, everyone's, everyone's different. Everyone's original. She's like, he's like, I like people say, I wish I could sing. <coughs> well, everybody can sing. <clears throat> Technically, everybody can sing. It's just... <laughs> It's just an idea, or it's just a measurement of skill. <laughs> do you wish you could sing, or do you wish other people, people wanted to hear you sing? There you go. That's what it is. Like, do you want to sing? Because you can sing right now. You can go in the shower and sing, you know, Marvin Gaye all night long. But whether or not other people enjoy listening to you see that, that's just that's just a completely different thing. That's that's it right there. So I mean, just like I said, there's everyone can do. You can do whatever you want. If, I believe I'm a firm believer. You can do whatever you want if you if you put more mind to it. Almost everything. You know, I'm I'm not gonna. I'm not going to that. No, we're not going to talk about that right now. Well, so. I mean, hell, we got modern day Tony Stark and Elon Musk. You know, yes. he's one suit away yes. from being Iron Man. Yeah. So that that's crazy too. I, know, I, I just it? found out about that like two months ago, I think. That dude's was like, ruling the world, yeah, I'm man. Still, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, really? I'm looking around. I'm like, when Richard Bronson, the Virgin Mobile guy, yeah. is playing catch up, you're doing yeah, some you're, right yeah, shit. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So. And uh, the Hyperloop thing and uh, Elon Musk's boring company and SpaceX, you know, Virgin Mobile tipped their hat uh, or tossed their hat in the ring for the end of the rocket program. Yeah. And that's unbelievable. The fact that we're, we're basically privatizing space yes. and you've got guys like Musk and, and Bronson, Bronson that are leading that, that pack. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. It makes me wonder what the fuck the government's doing. And, uh, and oh, you, never you know, what it, what was his name? Uh, the, no, there's a rapper that did, he brought more electricity to the continent of Africa. Oh, um, what was his name? 50 Cent? No, not, no. not 50 Cent. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I know you're talking about them. Whoever uh, you are, you deserve mad credit, man. Yes. Yes. Um, it's, it's the, it's, it's a new era. And I think that ties back into the mentor thing. You know, more and more people are less concerned with making a million dollars and more concerned with touching a billion people. Yeah. And not in a pedophilia kind of way. Yeah. But that was, <laughs> you gotta disclaim, you gotta really, gotta, and it's sad. It's gotta be like, easy. There's there. a lot of shit going on in the world. There's a, there's a, well, the way, uh, numbers, um, 
one of my songs. It's it's a song. It starts off, and I jokingly say this at the beginning of every song, but it's true. I said. This is a song about a consensual decision that my parents made back in 1989 that caused me to show up nine months later. But, and then I have to let them know, I have to say consensual, because with all this shit going on in the world today, I don't want people to be like, oh, well, he raped her, she raped right. him. With this other. I'm like, no. I'm like, yeah. it's sad that you have to say that now. Yeah. So I don't have to say that, but if I do, it's going to leave a thought in people's minds, and I don't want that thought in people's minds. No. But uh, there are some times I'm just like, I don't care what you think about me. But I do care what you think about my parents. So. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, but it's, it's sad to say stuff like that. I mean, just when it's funny that you said that, not, not in a, uh, that kind of way, but. There's, there's people out there, when uh, I play music, um, people ask me what my definition of making it was. Mm -hmm. When I first started, so my definition of making it is just a handful of people wanting to show up to a show strictly because they know my names on the show. That's it. Now my definition of making it has changed because my, originally my definition of making it is I want to play in front of a thousand people. Floor Bama did that for me. So, mm -hmm. And now I want to play in front of 5,000 people. I played a festival that did it for me. And now... My definition of making it is when I play one of my original songs, when the crowd sings it back to me. That's Ooh. that's where I'm at. That's a great feeling. Yeah. Like, and that's it's one thing when you sing like Sweet Home Alabama or something like that, and they sing or or Friends in Low Places, and they sing the whole first verse. That's one thing when someone you do it for someone else's song. But they have that feeling on your own song. That's my definition of making it now. And there is, and you're right. It's it's starting to come back around where there are more people concerned about less about making a million dollars than making than touching a million people mm -hmm. so and that's an amazing thing there are some people because me i wouldn't know what to do if i had a million dollars like a guy like me who grew up with nothing i would probably be like i don't what i don't know what to do with my hand i don't know what, to do, <laughs> what, what do i do with this like you spend it on what what, what, what do i need <laughs> right what do i need I'll, I'll buy a dog i'll get another dog but that's that's, that's all i can do so and, but uh i won't buy guitars i probably i'll lie. i probably buy a bunch of guitars but uh it's 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 awesome to see, you know, you know, I used to be, and it gave me, I had such low, I had such low expectations for humanity for a little while, because um, it got to the point where there were so many people concerned about just, I want this, I want that, and the other, and, and, but they didn't care about anyone else. Just, that's one of my, one of my biggest turnoffs of a person is when they care more about themselves and someone else, which there's, there are times in your life where you need to do that. You need to focus on yourself. You need to take care of number one first. I understand that. But what turns me on to a person, whether it be uh, spiritually, emotionally, romantically, or anything like that, what turns me on to a person more is when they're more concerned with the well-being, more concerned with touching someone else than they are uh, than for their own self-gratification, you know what I mean? Say that one more time. They're more concerned. They're more concerned with 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 touching someone else's life than they are about their own self gratification. Yeah, you know? gotcha. So what? Well, not self gratification. Self uh, gratification because you can be completely gratified with helping mm -hmm. someone else. Mm -hmm. okay? so, selfless. 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 selfless people. Selfless people. Selflessness. Yes. So selfless. Selflessness is what really attracts me to someone, mm. whether it be intellectually, emotionally, physically, romantically, or anything like that. Selflessness is what attracts me to someone else because I'm one of those people that yes, I want to get my stuff done and I want to take, I want to make sure I'm taken care of. But at the same time, I want to make sure I want. I don't want anyone. I, I hate seeing people hurt. I hate seeing people go. It breaks my heart. I'm. I, I'm you can call me one of those people, whatever you want, whatever the term is, that you just 
feel for other people a lot. But don't you think more and more people are realizing how empathetic they really are yes. because of access to information yes. now? Yeah. Like I mean, everybody having smartphones? Yeah. And there's a lot. My dad has a smartphone now. Doesn't know what to do with it. But every now and then, I'll sit <laughs> sitting over there. He's like, hey, did you know this? And then he always sit there and I'll be like, man, I was feeling really good about myself until you said that. <laughs> but uh, no, empathy. Um, I, think, I think everyone should be more empathetic. And you can still be a strong, sturdy person while being empathetic. You can, you can be a, there's some of the strongest men I've ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. My oldest brother, Roy, he's in the Navy. Uh, he's a corpsman. And uh, he's one of the strongest men I've ever met in my life. Uh, emotionally, sometimes he's a little closed off. There's nothing wrong with that, it's just the way that he is. Mm-hmm. But he is one of the most empathetic person I've ever met in my life because, and he's also strong as hell emotionally and physically mm-hmm. and, and intellectually one of the smartest guys I've ever met you would like him yeah. uh, but uh, we um, but people like that I think that everyone should have some bit of empathy in them what turns me on and, it's, it, and it breaks my heart to say that there are some people who have been burned so much that their empathy is gone yeah, they're they're selfless. They're, they're, they're trust. Their trust is gone. Anything like that. There are some people that have a brick wall around themselves that you have to. You can hit with a jackhammer and an atom bomb, but they're just never going to break because of the way they were treated. And it's it's sad to say. I mean, I used to be one of those people. I used to have my heart was guarded for a very long time. Yeah, and then I met some people that just not even people that I were romantically involved with, just people in general that came into my life and gave me hope and gave me a new perspective and be like, you know what, I found it. I found it back. It took me a minute to find it, but I mm-hmm. found it again because other people had it in them and they shared it. So, but, oh yeah. Uh. Mm-hmm. All right, we've been at this for an hour and a half, and I can definitely keep going. We've got about an hour worth of of memory card left. What time is it? Uh, that's what I was going to ask. I don't know what your schedule is like. It's three fifty, but. We've been at this for two hours. Let's get a 10 more minutes. No, no, no. Well, let's do this. I don't have any other major topics. And we have covered yeah. a massive amount of yeah. stuff. And um, I guess we could leave it somewhere around, if people want to hire you as a mentor, how do they find you? How do they find me? <laughs> Tell them where to find hire you. me as a mentor. Man. Tell them where to find your music. Oh, right. Okay. And we'll get out of here. Yeah. Uh, to find my music, uh, not mentor, because I'm a shit mentor. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, my music, you can find me most of the time at the Floribama. Right, right. I'm, I'm there about two, two, three, four nights a week. Um, this week I'm playing Bubba's Seafood in Gulf Shores from 3 to 6 with Melanie. Apparently she's coming down to play those songs with me, play those shows with me. Friday, that's Thursday night. Friday night, or tomorrow night, I'm actually on, in the main room at 7 o'clock with Bruce Smelly. And then uh, Thursday I'm at Bubba's from 3 to 6 with Melanie Marini. Uh Friday... Um, I'll be 10, 15 in the main room uh, my show. Uh, uh, Kevin Swanson is going to be playing with me. And then on Saturday, uh, I'll be out at the Intercoastal at the wharf at Bobby's place for, uh, for like 6 to 10 I'll be out there. But if you want to find any of my music, uh, go to my Facebook page, Tony Ray Thompson Music. It's on there. Uh, got videos, links to everything, uh, links to where you can buy the T-shirts at and stuff. Um, I don't have any, but I'm gonna since I'm, we're gonna get I'm gonna get you a T-shirt. I'll try and have one. I'll try and have a Truth, Love, and Peace T-shirt for you by the time. Awesome. By the time there. But uh, yeah, uh, YouTube, Tony Ray Thompson, Instagram, Tony Ray Thompson, uh, Snapchat. I don't. My manager says I have a Twitter, but 
I don't know. Uh, I never use it. <laughs> so uh, there could be stuff roaming around on there that if you see tweets, just don't. That's not me. Um, but just anything, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, uh, Reverb Nation, all of it's under Tony Ray Thompson. So just Tony Ray Thompson. Tony Ray Thompson. That's it. And okay. whether or not you're a fan of it, I don't know. So, but <laughs> doesn't matter. Listen I'm, to I'm, it. I'm enjoying what I'm doing right now, and uh, I enjoyed the hell out of this right here. This is a blast. It's, it's been a minute, dude. It's been a, I, I needed something like this, dude. Well, it's, uh, it's good to catch up with you. Well, thank you so you. much for joining yes, us. Thank Promise us now you'll come back soon. Absolutely. Yes. All right. And then Absolutely. we'll turn all this off. Facebook. Bye. Peace. YouTube, bye. Bye-bye. And thanks for joining us. Truthloveandpeace.com for those of you uh, who are looking for the download. And until next time, truth, love, and peace.